1: Good morning. It's the second half of the George Brockler Show. Jimmy Sangenberger in for George right here on News Talk 710 at KNUS. And it is good to be with you on an otherwise cold morning. What's up with that snow? Oftentimes still on the streets, just not going anywhere. Thanks for joining us today. 303-696-1971 is our telephone number if you want to join in to the festivities. You can also text into the show on the 710 KNUS app on your smartphone, and we will definitely get to text. There's one that I see that's relevant to the initial discussion I will have in these upcoming couple of hours. And by the way, you can also tweet at me on Twitter. I'm at saying center. That's saying with an E, not an A center on Twitter. And you can email me directly via my shows page. I host the Jimmy Sangenberger show every Saturday morning from six to nine here on 710 KNUS. You can go to the Jimmy Sangenberger show page at 710 KNUS.com or also email me via my contact page at jimmysangenberger.com there's no A, I, or U in Sangenberger it's all E's all the time once you know that Sangenberger is E-Z so lots that we will dive into in this second half of The George Show and it will begin of course with more discussion on what's happening in Washington D.C. as The debates over Speaker of the House continue. The House of Representatives reportedly remains deadlocked on who the new speaker will be. Coming up in just a bit, I will be joined by veteran former congressional staffer Andy Merritt to dive into this issue from the perspective of someone who was there, uh, was involved in the offices of Cory Gardner at a senior level as state director, Wayne Allard as state director, and former Congressman Mike Kaufman as district director, somebody who understands what goes on in these leadership races and more. We'll break down some of the issues with Andy Merritt coming up in just a bit. Of course, we'll take your calls and more. But look, this is something that should be over and done with, in my view. I mean, I don't know that it's Kevin McCarthy is the guy, but they need to get it together. It looks like an absolute bleep show for the Republicans at this point to continue having this go on and on and on. And you're wondering, what is the actual result going to be? When will the people of this country see their elected officials actually get to work we've got some interesting sound that we will get into here but i want to pose this that right now we are seeing a couple of things one divisions in the republican party this is something we are hearing and seeing here in colorado right at home a state that now, as of today, I've called home for 22 years. And we are seeing those divisions nationally. We're also seeing, I think, and, and call me and let me know what you think about this, but I think the influence of Donald Trump is waning. It's starting to wane, and it's not because of rhinos who are being the rhinos that they are and going after President Trump on some regular basis or criticizing him or something. No, it is the likes of a Lauren Boebert, Colorado's own congresswoman, always fighting fights for the people of Colorado, trying to limit government, address issues of big tech and more so much that Lauren Boebert does that is good and I'm glad that she managed to make it back in to the U.S. House of Representatives but here's what she said on the floor of the House yesterday.
2: Even having my favorite president call us and tell us we need to knock this off I think it actually needs to be reversed the president needs to tell Kevin McCarthy that sir you do not have the votes and it's time to withdraw with that I yield thank you
1: Dictating to President Trump on the floor of the U.S. House of Representatives what he should be saying, what his position should be vis-a-vis the Speaker race. Now, that's something that is pretty striking, isn't it, for a MAGA Republican leader like Lauren Boebert, who is identified very clearly with the pro-Trump wing of the Republican Party. And here she is. Speaking really critically of President Trump saying, yeah, you're my favorite president, but you're completely wrong on this. Now, that doesn't mean that Donald Trump is on the out, but his influence is waning to the point where I think a Ron DeSantis really could benefit. Somebody who is popular among the wing of the party that has been traditionally pro-Trump, but who maybe is interested in something different, who isn't just going to fall in line. With Donald Trump. What do you think? Is Trump's influence waning? Now, last night on the Fox News channel, this was absolutely fascinating. Lauren Boebert went on with Sean Hannity for about 10 minutes. And I don't even know that you would call it an interview. You would call it a debate, a discussion. I think it was more of a Hannity cable news shouting match. But listen to the tail end of this interview and some of the things that Hannity tries to throw at Boebert and how she responded.
2: Imagine a Congress that stops spending so money that we don't have. So you only have thirty people supporting you, and we are going to get the right speaker shot. If you
3: only have thirty, to be clear, you will not 30 withdraw. Thirty is going to
2: be a beautiful number. to But you're to telling
3: reach. Kevin McCarthy and the and the two hundred and three people that support him to withdraw because they don't have two eighteen. That's what you're saying.
2: Look, it's obvious by tonight's motion to adjourn that Kevin McCarthy and his supporters are already getting voter fatigue. And I I, I asked you a simple
3: question, Congresswoman. I, I, you know, I feel like I'm getting a a liberal. I'm not going to support Kevin McCarthy, Sean. Okay, so even if you only have 30 votes, Kevin McCarthy, you will not abide by by what you told President Trump, which I don't believe I I got it. I feel like we've made progress.
2: Look, I love President Trump. You're not gonna turn me on him, you're not gonna pit him against me. Not try to pit you. him against I love you. That's Trump. what you said to him. And I am standing I, I have you're seen the one that's I have seen the lack of accountability. Well we are we are getting phone calls saying that we need to stop this. Kevin does All not right. have the votes for speaker. I got it. Period. Thank we need you. to find a consensus candidate, get this right and get our country back on track. Thanks so much, Sean.
1: He was trying to throw the well, you're going up against President Trump card and it wasn't sticking. With Bobert, one bit. It was interesting too hearing Hannity specifically say, You're sounding like a liberal. What do you make of that? I mean, what, what, what is he? trying to accomplish there. I don't think you can get much accomplished when you have a, a shouting match like that. But in Hannity's defense, she was cutting in earlier in the interview, and they were each playing in that back and forth. And, of course, Bobert likes a good fight and a good tussle, and Hannity does as well. But this divide in the Republican Party over leadership is quite striking. See, Bobert goes on the floor of the U.S. House of Representatives yesterday. And again, she says this.
2: Even having... My favorite president, call us and tell us we need to knock this off. I think it actually needs to be reversed. The president needs to tell Kevin McCarthy that, sir, you do not have the votes and it's time to withdraw. With that, I yield. Thank you.
1: So Trump, she says, shouldn't be calling her group of 20 and saying, knock this off. Trump should be calling McCarthy and saying, dude, you don't got the votes. You got to drop this thing and move on. And Hannity was saying, well, you're making that argument, oh, he doesn't have the votes, but you're supporting a guy, in this case it was Byron Donalds, before that it was Jim Jordan who didn't even want it, who can get no more than 20 votes. So shouldn't you follow the logic that you're giving President Trump when you have 200-plus Republicans, colleagues of yours, Lauren Boebert, who are supporting McCarthy, But then, of course, Boebert has her reasons, some of which include changes that they want to the committee process. Yesterday, it was a great interview. George did it in the 8 o'clock hour with Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. And here's a piece of what she told George in terms of some of their demands.
4: We brought him a very common sense offer. Um, He asked us about the committee assignments. Um, We want you on some important committees. Which committees are you willing to serve on? We simply provided that list for him, and then these other common sense proposals: a balanced budget, um, a term limits, a border bill to secure our southern border, uh, just uh, amendments to be made in order that uh, reduce the national debt. Very common sense items, and and then a few others. And he would not engage in the conversation. He would not. Um, have any sort of discussion whatsoever, and so we are to a point now where we have twenty that are not changing their vote. Um, You're one of them, Speaker. I, I, yeah, I am one of them, and um, you know it's really unfortunate because I, I told Kevin I have I have never Kevin on board with me. I have. That's incredible. Have gone public. Yes, they have gone public for months saying we will not vote him under a uh, vote for him under any circumstances, and I got them there. And he rejected it.
1: First of all, so many of these reforms that Boebert cited, I think are essential. I heard George talking about it earlier in the show. You should have at least 72 hours, without a doubt, to read a bill before it comes to the floor. Like, that seems like a no-brainer. Advancing single-issue legislation is critical, to address pork barrel spending and all the corrupt deal-making that goes on behind the scenes. And there are a slew of other things, many of which McCarthy has already accepted. Now, speaking of Kevin McCarthy, McCarthy is as much to blame at this point, in my view, for what we are seeing in D.C. right now as the 20. Ask yourself this question and provide an answer. Would Nancy Pelosi have ever come to the floor of the House for a vote on her speakership if she didn't have the votes lined up right away? Or if she didn't have the votes lined up by the time that they were going to go to the floor of the House? The answer is no. She's too shrewd of a politician for that. And McCarthy, the way that he has handled this reportedly in terms of some of the strong arming in the last couple of days, the ways that he's gone about it, the ham-handed ways, without a doubt, Kevin McCarthy is, I think, demonstrating that he probably isn't the guy who's best fit to lead the Republican Party. Then again, who is in the House? Who could actually have the potential to lead the GOP? With such a disparate caucus right now, where you've got the likes of a Boebert and Gates and so forth going up against the likes of McCarthy and others, who, who could coalesce support among, shall we say, two wings of the caucus, if you can even limit it to two wings within the Republican conference? I don't know that anybody can do it more than McCarthy per se, but McCarthy has also revealed himself to, in many respects, be an inept leader. So I think it's unfair for folks to simply blame the 20 without also recognizing the failures of leadership of Kevin McCarthy. Now, who could be the alternative to McCarthy? Colorado Congressman Ken Buck, one of the other two remaining representatives in Congress from Colorado who are Republican, has a specific name that he was pushing for yesterday on CNN.
0: Well, I think the next in line is Steve Scalic. Um And I don't know if Steve gets more or, or less. Um, I think that at some point we've got to start looking at the uh, rules and, and, and the committee assignments and other things and uh, just get back to the the basics of, of what people, what their self-interest is in this case, and uh, meet some of those interests and, and hopefully get the votes. So I think you need to break the 20 down. There are a few of those 20 that just aren't going to vote for Kevin McCarthy but would vote for somebody else. There are some of the others in, in that 20 who want changes in the rules, and there are some others that care about policy. And so I think if Steve meets uh, those three needs, he will be able to move forward and and, uh, and take the the, the speakership.
1: So just real quick on that last part, I think Buck was presenting something rather interesting, a breakdown of who's among the group of 20, someone else. They would be fine with someone other than McCarthy. They just really don't want McCarthy. Someone who advocates for rules changes, that's their bread and butter. Or they really want policy changes. I think that's an interesting breakdown. Well, Steve Scalise is his guy. Well, what does Boebert think of Steve Scalise? She told George Brockler just yesterday.
4: I, I, I don't think Scalise is the guy. I, I think I think Scalise is a Kevin McCarthy. Um, he's a wonderful man. Um, I, I get it. He's hailed as a, a national hero. Um, uh, but, um, you know, he, he's a wonderful man personally. I, I don't see him in, in, in the Speaker's position.
1: So there you go. Stark difference there. Among the three Republicans of Colorado's delegation, I don't know where Lamborn is. Congressman Doug Lamborn is on this as far as Scalise as the alternative. But Boebert clearly has written him off. Ken Buck says, I think Scalise could be the guy. We'll see. What happens? What are your thoughts? 303-696-1971 is our telephone number. Listener, stop bashing Boebert. She is right. I'm not bashing Boebert. I'm simply raising the arguments from one side, which is that she and the others in the group of 20 should step back and be quiet because they don't even have the votes. They've only got their 20 and they should get in line with the majority of Republicans and so forth, laying out that argument as Hannity presented it and more. Now, you can believe that argument or you could take a different perspective which is, of course, that Boebert and the others have legitimate concerns and their right to hold the line. But how long can this go? I'm critical of everybody. McCarthy's an inept leader. He's not doing the job. He didn't accomplish what he needed to accomplish before getting to the floor of the U.S. House of Representatives. So where we go from here very much depends on him as much as it does on the 20. I think a pox on all the houses, the Republican Party in the U.S. House of Representatives needs to get their you-know-what together now, today. Put this behind us and get working for the American people. We'll break this down in the latest developments with former longtime lead congressional staffer, and Senate staffer Andy Merritt on the other side. Get his analysis, and we'll take your calls. And more texts coming in on the 710 KNUS app on your smartphone, 303-696-1971. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger. In for George Brockler for the second half of today's show on Denver's local talk leader, News Talk 710 KNUS. Welcome back. Jimmy Sangenberger in for George Brockler. News Talk 710 KNUS. The floor of the U.S. House of Representatives will once again be overseen by an unelected bureaucrat, the clerk of the House, because we don't have any sworn in members of Congress yet. The Senate's already off doing its business. They're good to go. But in the House, they still haven't gotten their stuff together and appointed a Speaker of the House. Now, this saga is ongoing, and yesterday there were three more rounds of voting. And consistently in every round, you have 201 or 202 Republicans who are voting for Kevin McCarthy, the GOP leader as the Speaker, You have 212 votes consistently every time for Hakeem Jeffries, the Democrats all together united there. And in the last several votes, you've had 20 votes for most recently Byron Donald's congressman from Florida, who, by the way, I'm a big fan of. But he's only just well, he hasn't even begun his second term of office since they haven't been sworn in yet. I think that's a little bit too soon for somebody to become Speaker of the House. Of course, they haven't put forward an alternative, they, the 20, who could be viable against Kevin McCarthy. But we will see. Maybe they'll have somebody today. But yesterday, here's a little bit of sound from the floor of the U.S. House of Representatives in nominating Kevin McCarthy on, I think it was the fifth round of voting. Here's a couple samples of Congresswoman Kat Kemak, who's a native of Colorado, but now another representative, speaking of Florida, of the great state of Florida.
5: They don't sit around their kitchen tables at night saying, I wonder who's going to be speaker. No, they elect people to come here to do the things that matter, the issues that impact them every single day. And in an era of uncertainty, the last thing they need is uncertainty within this chamber. We were elected to be the voice of our constituents. We are their voice in this chamber. And they didn't send us to be perpetual critics. They sent us to get things done. Diversity of thought is a good thing. It's one of the things that sets us apart from our friends on the other side of the aisle. Yes, diversity of thought is a good thing. But they want us divided. They want us to fight each other. That much has been made clear by the popcorn and blankets and alcohol that is coming over there. The House is not in order.
1: She was cracking a little joke, and the Democrats got all upset, and it took like a minute for them to get quiet again so she could continue with her speech. But it was a very good speech from Congresswoman Kamak of basically, let's get everything done. Let's get our ducks in a row and move forward for the American people. Now, interestingly enough, I was a student at Regis University in 2010, and that summer, I interned for Congressman Mike Kaufman at his district office. Just before my internship was an internship with Kat Kamak in the office of Congressman Mike Kaufman. And our ultimate boss, the district director at the time, was my guest joining me now here on the George Show on 710 KNUS again, Jimmy Sangenberger in for George Brockler, Andy Merritt, who not only served as district director for then-Congressman Mike Kaufman for several years. He also served as State Director for Senator Cory Gardner and for Senator Wayne Allard. And Andy Merritt joins me now to offer some analysis and perspective. Good morning, Andy. Happy New Year.
6: Good morning, Jimmy. Happy New Year to you.
1: It's good to talk with you, especially as I was reflecting in the last couple of days on all those years ago interning in Congressman Kaufman's office. I think that was still during his first term in Congress, so it feels like a lifetime ago.
6: It does, and you too certainly, you and Representative Kamak, have gone far beyond so I'm glad to see you.
1: I appreciate it. And It's good to have you on. So let me just ask a broad question, and then we'll zero in on a few things to get your perspective as somebody who's a veteran of these things. What is your overall sense for what's happening in the U.S. House right now?
6: Well, my overall sense is that this is a sad day, because this should have been resolved before Congress ever convened. These folks needed to sit down and work this out and and come in ready to hit the ground running. Because right now, to me, they are sending a message to the broad public that they're not serious about governing. And let me just give you two examples of uh, of why I say that. Uh, the first is Rep- Representative-elect Dan Bishop from North Carolina. He just this week said, if Kevin McCarthy is elected speaker, he will resign from Congress. That's not a serious position. He's basically, what he would do is leave his constituents unrepresented in the U.S. House of Representatives by resigning until a special election could be held, which will take several months, and which which would cost those constituents hundreds of thousands of dollars to elect somebody to replace him. Because he's upset at who got elected speaker if if McCarthy were to win? That's like a little kid on the playground saying, I'm going to take my ball and go home unless -hmm. unless I get what I want in a game. That's not serious. Um, Another example is some of their demands. One of their demands is they want to vote on the floor of the House on a term limits bill. Constitutional amendment is required to install term limits. Well, that takes two-thirds vote of the House. You'd have to get well over 100 Democrats to vote for it. It's never going to pass. So, in essence, you're saying our de- one of our demands and who's going to be Speaker is that they give us a vote on symbolism, not substance. That is peop- Those are people who are not serious about governing. That's what you're saying. And I know some of the people um, that you know are in the 20, and, and I respect them, but that's the message to me that they are sending by this, and they need to figure out a path to resolve this quickly because, as you pointed out, nobody's even been seated in Congress three days into the session.
1: Yeah, I was saying Representative Kemak, but... I should have said representative elect because nobody is seated at this point. Now, I I do want to explore symbolism, not substance here in just a moment. But let's look at the other side of this, the Kevin McCarthy side, Andy, because, look, I, I mean, I posed this question to myself this week on a few different occasions and to my audience. Would Nancy Pelosi ever let her speakership go to a vote on the floor of the House if she didn't have the votes lined up?
6: No, she never would have. And that's why my beginning comment was that this should have been resolved before Congress even convened. And if he could not get to the votes, then they needed to find an alternative before this point in time. But it would have required both sides to hash this out and come up with a solution. So, yeah, he this is this this is just terrible form all around.
1: When you talk about symbolism, not substance, what does that mean in terms of the substance side? Like, what could actually be a substantive way to go about this to reach some sort of conclusion, whether that is Kevin McCarthy or some sort of a consensus alternative that they could find?
6: It's going to require both sides to make reasonable compromises. Uh, To me, on the side of the 20 uh, folks in opposition, they need to decide what are the absolute that they have to have. I, I personally think s- some of the demands for um, changing the way the House operates are good. Yeah. Because it does not operate the way it historically did. The House and Senate both have devolved into these leader-driven, um, not member-driven, legislating processes. So I think there are some reasonable demands in there. But get some demands that get you structural changes um, that allow you allow the House to function as it probably should. And then figure out who's it going to both sides. So to me, they almost need to sit down. The, uh, the uh, they need to the 20 need to get with members, not necessarily even from leadership, but sit down in a room with a collective group. And they have to come up with a reasonable alternative. They right now. And I, you know, Representative-elect Donald's, I think, is a, is a fine representative. I, I, I respect some of the things I've seen him say and do, um, but he's not in the serious alternative. So they've got to come to the table and say, "All right, here's collectively, let's figure this out and get and just move past this." Whether it's Kevin McCarthy or somebody else, they've got to they have to come to a solution cuz right now there's no end game. What? What's the end game here? You just keep doing this vote on McCarthy day after day after day and you get nowhere?
1: Well, one of the things though that could Theoretically happened. I don't know in this partisan climate that it would. And I don't think that it should. It would be uh, an outcome that would, I think, be disastrous, both in the short and long term, in terms of actually accomplishing the objectives that a Republican majority was sent to D.C. to do. But nevertheless, there is increasing discussion about an alternative that's more similar to how past speaker issues like this, going back to 1923 into the 1800s, were resolved. And here is Representative-elect Mike McCall on what he called the nuclear option when he was on Fox News yesterday.
6: There is one other option, Neil, the nuclear option, where a vote would be made on the plurality of votes, not the magical 218 number that you're talking about. Uh, but that would be a very dangerous move as well because the, then these uh, the 20 or so that don't like Kevin McCarthy or won't vote for him, would have to make a decision, do I vote for McCarthy or for somebody else that then could throw the speakership to the Democratic Party? Do you see that happening? I think it'd be a very dangerous option. I think it's an option that's being discussed.
1: So... How about that possibility? That's how things were resolved a hundred years ago, I think, is that basically it was, we're not gonna simply say you need a majority of 218, but to get this thing done, we need, uh, to- allow for a plurality. We're also hearing Congresswoman Alexandria Castillo cortez Congressman Ro Khanna, both Democrats, saying we're open to striking some sort of a deal with Republicans, maybe with McCarthy, on a sort of coalition government. I mean, are either of those things realistic?
6: Well, they could happen, uh, technically. Um, they're allowed for, certainly, in the rules. Um I do think there's some danger. There's some definite danger to that, to that pathway. Um, And it, it's not for all these Republicans that ran. That would not be um, what they were committing to the American people. Because the result of that is going to be a very different looking House. It's not going to do robust oversight. It's not going to do the things they all promised they were going to do. So these 20 members, if they allow it to get, the danger is I think the longer this goes on. The more likely you're going to have some outcome like that that nobody wants, but at some point they've got to say they're going to have to say we need to elect the speaker and get to the business. So I I think it's a dangerous game the longer this drags on because then you could have something weird like that happen. Just
1: a few minutes left with our guest, Andy Merritt, who's a former senior congressional staffer and U.S. Senate staffer working for, in the past, Wayne Allard, Cory Gardner, and Mike Kaufman. Um, Let's look at the alternatives. I mean, one name that's been tossed about quite a bit is Steve Scalise, and with good reason. He's got respect from all different quarters in the U.S. House among Republicans. He's somebody who's been there a long time. I think he's number two after McCarthy. But you even see a difference here in Colorado. Ken Buck was on CNN yesterday saying, oh, I would think Steve Scalise should be the alternative. But Lauren Boebert told George Brockler right here on this show yesterday morning that, that uh, Scalise is a non-starter for her. So how do you even find a consensus Republican to be the Speaker of the House at this point?
6: That's the problem. It seems that these folks, most of whom come out of the Freedom Caucus, they're only willing to accept somebody who comes out of the Freedom Caucus or is completely philosophically aligned with them. Well, you're ten they're ten percent of the caucus you're not going to be able to get the person you want. So when I say they have to get serious, that's a perfect example. They have to, to me, if you're the ones that blew this whole process up and are making the demands, you have to come to the table with a credible alternative that the 90% of representatives on the other side are willing to accept. You're not going to get what you want. So what is it you absolutely have to have? And I think if they were smart, it'd be a few structural rules changes that allow the process to work properly. And then you move on, you're not going to get everything you want. That's ridiculous to even pretend you should get everything you want. That's not serious. you know governing requires requires to compromise and deals to be made, and they're not doing any of it so again, I go back to where I started if you you are saying right now when you reject every credible alternative that you're not serious about governing
1: you know it's interesting a o c was even saying on m s n b c yesterday that There are some elements of the rules that she supports changing that are being advocated by Boebert, Gates, and others. So you even have to – some of these rules changes – some cross uh, cross aisle support for that. And so that I think would strengthen the hand of a bullbert in trying to negotiate here. So we'll see what happens there. Final question for you, Andy Merritt, Where do you think this goes? I mean, how much of it is really just a jump ball? and could we be going into next week with representatives elect as opposed to representatives?
6: It's possible. What I was hearing this morning was uh, some people uh, saying this may take several days to work out. Um, So, yes, that would put us into next week.
1: The one thing I think at the very
6: least, they all need to stay there this weekend. Mm -hmm. They should they should not be leaving until this gets resolved. Well, and the other
1: thing they shouldn't be getting is paid. I don't know if they are being paid as representatives elect at this point. I believe they probably are, but I don't think they should be getting paid so that they can continue to be bogged down in this endless debate over who's going to be speaker without getting to the point where they can actually
6: work. Yeah, I don't know either if they're getting paid, but they, as of right now, are only representatives elect. They have not been sworn into office, so I agree with you. Yeah, why and, should they be getting paid? Because they're not. They're not doing. They're not in session. They're not working.
1: Andy Merritt, former district director for Congressman Mike Kaufman, and former state director for Senators Cory Gardner and Wayne Allard. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate your insights this morning.
6: Thanks, Jimmy. Take care.
1: Thank you, and Happy New Year. Once again, Andy Merritt joining us here on The George Show. Jimmy Sangenberger in for George Brockler. We're going to take a break. What are your thoughts? We've got text in. I'll be reading through here in just a moment. You can also call in 303-696-1971. We'll have open lines for the rest of the show. Jimmy and for George. News Talk 710-KNUS. Coming back, Jimmy Sangenberger in for George Brockler. Good morning, News Talk 710 KNUS. Wrapping up this, my first hour, as I'm covering the second half of the show. George did the first, and we've got one more hour up ahead. We will continue this discussion on what's happening in Washington, D.C. We still don't know who the Speaker of the House is or will be. We still have representatives elect. My question, are they getting paid? Should they be paid? If so, when they are being bogged down with preliminary discussions over who is going to lead the U.S. House of Representatives as Speaker, which, by the way, there are limited responsibilities for the Speaker. Now, the Speaker has outsized influence. Some of the appropriate demands of the 20, Lauren Boebert, Matt Gates, and others Some of the demands that they have put forward that are very solid and on point are demands that would diminish some of the centralized power of the Speaker and other rules changes that would allow for some, shall we say, small D democratic reforms that even Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says are pretty good ideas. So there's a lot there that is positive. But. Does that justify the 20 bogging this process down and coming forward with a list of demands that include some things, as Andy Merritt pointed out in the last segment, former senior congressional staffer, that really are not realistic? Is this symbolism not substance? And then on McCarthy's side, what the hell is he doing as the leader of the Republicans? Supposed to have his ducks in a row, and here he clearly didn't. And he went to the floor of the U.S. House for not just one vote, but so far six votes, the most since 1923 in literally exactly 100 years. When is he gonna get it together? Why didn't he have it together before? And again, would Nancy Pelosi ever come to the floor of the U.S. House of Representatives unless she had the votes for Speaker? No. And in fact, she got her ducks in a row in 2021 when there was an effort on the left to force the vote, as they called it, on Medicare for all and other provisions, other left wing wish list items. And that never happened. She got those votes, and then she went to the floor. McCarthy did no such thing. That is certainly a failure of leadership. 303 1971 let's get some thoughts from joe in arvada good morning joe happy new year
3: hi jimmy happy new year to you what's up sir? jimmy there's a bigger picture here i i know we're getting into the minutiae of all the the requests that the 20 it has on the on uh, on this process but the bigger picture is why they're fighting you see we we have to look and see what went wrong with Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell as the leader of bodies. See, the, why did why did these omnibuses get passed? Because America, these people are owned by these different lobbyists and money grubbers and the the swamp creatures that. Pay these people's campaigns and control their power that is what is being fought for here it isn't just about you know some minutiae rule in the in the house it is about this is the person the speakership bought by big tech or bought by the defense contractors so let me ask you a question
1: America? on that on that point joe then uh, Donald Trump certainly understands, you would agree, the dynamics of the swamp, right? And the idea that politicians are bought. And he's the one calling up the 20 and saying, guys, you got to knock this off and vote for Kevin McCarthy. Where is Donald Trump going wrong? Are you breaking with Trump on this?
3: Because because here's the thing that you have to understand no, about Donald no, no, Trump. No, no, answer, no. Answer my question, Joe. It. No, answer I'm my question. It. Are you breaking with Trump on this? I am saying why Trump is saying this. He wants to be president, and he's concerned this is affecting the 24 presidential race.
1: Wait, 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 Joe. So let me be very clear. You are saying that Donald Trump is acting simply in his political self-interest and not for the best interest of making America great again. I think that
3: he thinks that by making America great again, he has to be president, And these 20 are saying to make America great again, we have to stop Washington from being purchased by the defense industry. Joe,
1: what you're saying is that Donald Trump is accepting the swamp in order to advance his power. Isn't that something that should be held in suspect? Are you suspicious now of Donald Trump and his willingness to do the right thing if it doesn't advance his political power? I will answer this very, very clearly. Yes or no? Again, whenever we vote... someone we're
3: voting for the lesser of two evils so donald someone trump is, is now a lesser of two candidate. evils candidate oh yeah yeah do you think that uh, michelle obama will create a better environment for being purchased
1: well okay <laughs> so then so then in this case then we now have donald trump looking at kevin mccarthy is he supporting the big evil the big bad the big evil and what does that say about donald trump I think what Donald Trump is saying is
3: that this fight, it, because it's being framed by the media as the way you're framing it, is not really the the he, reason they're fighting for He's not mentioned the it, media.
1: But, he hasn't mentioned the I, media. I, That's not what he's calling. He's no, not calling Lauren Boebert up and saying, hey, the that. media is saying this or the media narrative is he that. Doesn't, of course he doesn't say it. He uses the media. So why so do you think is, Donald Trump and now Elon Musk say Kevin McCarthy should be Speaker of the House?
3: because they don't want to affect the 2024 election by negatively by okay. y- letting the media use this as a hammer against Republicans. All right. Uh,
1: so so uh, and so when you're looking at the positions here of these Republicans, you were saying that Bobert is the person, and I love Lauren Bobert. I'm so glad that she's in the House of Representatives. But in this case, Lauren Bobert is the one standing up right and advancing the MAGA agenda. Truly, and Donald Trump is looking at and playing politics instead.
3: I think Lauren Bobert is on the right track. She's she's scared that that uh, that that Kevin McCarthy. Yes is or no? Just is Donald Maggie Trump McConnell, going against that, MAGA? Just a
1: second. Well, Lauren, Boebert, I'm almost out of time here. I want to get an answer?
3: Okay. Well, yes, but the point is, is Kevin McCarthy is not. We don't want another Mitch McConnell in the House. We don't want somebody that's bought and paid well, for. I, by I, the I would. I would suggest party. you. I got
1: to run. We're hearing the music here, but Mitch McConnell is the guy responsible for a conservative Supreme Court that got rid of Roe v.ersus Wade. Let's just leave it there. I mean, there's a lot of imperfections and problems with Mitch McConnell, but he was the guy who fought that fight for Donald Trump, and it was Trump and McConnell who stood by Brett Kavanaugh through thick and thin. We'll pick up the conversation, more of your calls and texts next. Jimmy and for George.